Straight from the Straight Red Flex, you are listening to Straight Red. I am your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, a man who is now officially more ham than man, <laughs> Alex S. Kibler. Alex, percentage-wise, I ate a how, lot much of ham. how much <laughs> of you is ham? How much of you is ham? I ate a lot of ham, Jeff. I'm going to tell you right now, my ham intake was high. Like, it was high. It was high. high. Like a doctor would be concerned. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Your physician I'm gonna would go, uh, I'm going to go, if we're talking about, are you talking about by weight or by oh. volume? I'm, yeah, I'm ham going is dense. Cubic, cubic inches of ham. <laughs> I'm a solid, you know, uh, have, uh, half a cubic meter, whatever that is. I only do English measurements. All right. <laughs> Dude, I have a lot of ham. The ham in Spain is really, really good. Like, really good. So, yeah, what's the deal with Spanish ham? It's it's ham. All oh, right. Okay, and... <laughs> I figured that part out. Um, God, do you see what I have to deal with, Gingers? What's really cool is, like, every bar or pub or whatever has, like, a leg of ham. And it's out... In the open, and there's like maybe a towel over it, maybe. And then you order, you can get like a plate of ham and cheese. And there's some dude goes over and he takes the tea towel off and he takes his little knife and he cuts these little. It's freaking amazing. Do it's they incredible. not have laws? No, they don't understand germs. <laughs> Spain. What is going on? I don't on. know. But we ate so well. We had so much ham. My favorite thing that we ate probably. It, well, I don't know. There's a few things. We had this rice dish with squid ink in it, and it was amazing. And then we also had apparently one of the most famous things that they have in Madrid is this thing that they call cocido, which is stew. It means stew, but it's cocido madrileña, which is stew that Madridians eat. But what it is is it's, it's – <laughs> That's the worst name. That's the worst name. What it name. is, though, is uh, What kind of stew are you having? I'm having a story of Queens yeah. stew. Like, what the? This is stupid. Uh, it's it's like, it's chicken broth. It's actually a stew in three courses. So think about that for a second, right? That's a lot of stew. So at first what you get is you get like a bowl with some noodles in it, like angel hair, like maybe two inches or three inches long, and like chicken broth. And you drink that and you eat that. And then you get this other stuff and it's chickpeas and potatoes and cabbage and carrots and pickled beef and chicken and all these like and um uh uh chorizo and all these incredible things that you put in there and it's like a it's like the world's most unbelievably rich and hearty stew it's incredible it's really great jeff used to have some that is so much food it was amazing dude and they serve it to you like you get we went to the place that's really famous for it and they serve it in like this big clay pot right and this dude mm-hmm. comes and he gives you like a bowl with like some 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 noodles in it with nothing else and you're like this is not appetizing and then he takes he takes the jar and he holds the lid on it and he pours the broth out of the jar and you're like oh there's more in that jar 
I don't know what it is, but there's more in there. And he sets it down, and then you eat the broth and the noodles. And then he comes back, and he's like, all right, you ready for this? He doesn't say that, but, like, it's implied. And he takes the <laughs> lid off the jar. This whole thing is so weird. <laughs> he takes the lid off the jar, right? And then he pours it, and it's just all this amazing chickpeas and stuff. Just this goodness comes onto the plate, and it's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Jeff, so you, you go hadn't heard Ginger's. Alex was in Spain. <laughs> I went to Spain for a week, man. It was cool. I got to see a soccer game. I went to see like different museums. Oh, you know what? Before you get into that, yeah. I, I had to look up uh, how much a cubic meter of ham weighs. <laughs> and? <laughs> That's 1,300 pounds of ham. <laughs> so if you had half a cubic meter, it's about 650 pounds of ham. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> I knew that number sounded really large. <laughs> I'm substantially ham. <laughs> Thinking of a meter, which is slightly more than three feet. Yeah. You, you cube that. Like, that's a lot of ham. That's a lot. <laughs> and I understand you're saying it was half of that, but oh boy. Hey, I'm trying to be reasonable here. Trying to be reasonable. But anyway, you went to Spain. Good for you. <laughs> I did, yeah. I got to see. Um... Atletico Madrid play Villarreal, which at the time was the number two and number four teams in Spain colliding. It was really, really cool. Um, good crowd. The, the building was almost full, mm-hmm. as is what I understand is Spanish tradition. There were about 12 away fans. Really? Uh, so away fans don't travel? They don't really have an away day culture in Spain, from what I understand. Um, ah, so not, okay. not nearly like they have in England. Um, and so... Despite the fact that they're playing Villarreal, which is, you know, like I said, they're number four in the league, um, there are only maybe 15 or 20 people there. No joke. Um, but the, the the crowd for Atletico was amazing. It was really, really incredible. I, th- it was interesting. We, they don't really have, they have concession stands there, but they don't really have a lot. And so we get there. We you can't get anything. Well, wait for this. So we get there, right? And we we find our seats. And I got not amazing seats, but pretty good seats. Like I paid I paid seventy euros for these seats. Um, they weren't like the best in the building, but they were pretty dang good. And so we sit down, and the first half starts. It's starting to get cold, and and we're getting to the half. And and by the way, the game was entertaining. Um, Atletico deserved to win. They couldn't get out of their own way. Villarreal was playing for a draw and time-wasting from the very beginning. They are masterful mm-hmm. time-wasters. Good for you, Villarreal. You're good at something. And it was really great. And we had a fun time, and there were a lot of missed chances in the first half. And it gets to halftime. And Dixie and I are mm-hmm. sitting there, and I was like, should we go get something? And I was like, I don't know. And the ref you know, does the thing, and he blows it to half, and it's, it's halftime. He does and, his thing and blows for halftime. Okay. And we look around, and I you not. Thank you for not doing it. 90% of the people at the game pull out sandwiches that they brought from home and start Wait, eating what? the sandwiches. And me and Dixie were like, what? What? And literally, this dude sitting next to me right here, he reaches into his bag and pulls out a plastic bag, and they call them bocadillos, which is just like, it's mm-hmm. it's bread with like salted meat and pork and shit on it. And You're swearing a lot today. I'm sorry. I, Spain made me coarse. And we, we looked around, and no joke, 90% of the people at the game had a sandwich that they brought from home. 
That's a bad sign. They didn't go anywhere to get concessions because they were all eating a sandwich. Well, that's probably why there weren't any concessions. Because everybody brought a sandwich. Nobody told me to bring a sandwich. <laughs> we we felt so nope. out of place. I was fine until they brought the sandwiches out. I was like, I'm in another country. I don't speak the language. I'm cool with that. But the fact that everyone else has a sandwich, and I am here sans sandwich, that was what made me really feel out of place. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, the only thing... <laughs> <laughs> that really made you feel like you were in a foreign place because other people had sandwiches. <laughs> they all had oh. sandwiches. It was incredible. It was like it was lunchtime at school. It was unbelievable. Literally, everyone so, around uh, me started eating a sandwich. And I was like, what? What? So great. I guarantee that some uh, poor ginger listening to this knows better than... We do, and they're familiar with the reasoning behind why there's sandwiches and why one should bring one to a Spanish game. My question for that person, not for you, because you obviously don't know. My question <laughs> for that person is, are the sandwiches in response to the lack of concessions in the stadium? Ooh. Or is there a lack of concessions in the stadium because traditionally people bring food to sporting events? And if for some reason you happen to be an international listener and you're thinking to yourself, of course you bring food to a sporting event, they don't have any concessions. In the United States, every sporting event you go to has food, but also you are not supposed to bring it exactly. in. It's not just that you have food at a sporting event. It's that you're not allowed to bring in your own food. Yeah. It was so foreign to me. It's frowned upon, to yeah. put it politely, in the United yeah. States. And then some stadiums, like if you're going to uh, Yankee Stadium, any any really big place, like they'll check your bags. This mm-hmm. isn't going to fly. You know, you're not going to be able to pull this one off. Uh, smaller stadiums, smaller like basketball arena or something. I mean, how closely are they checking? It's like going to the movie theater. You can probably sneak this in pretty easily. However, it's still frowned upon, even by your fellow uh, spectators. You don't do this. So please, someone who's either smarter than us, which I feel pretty safe in saying is at least 80% of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Or one of our listeners who is not from here, so they were just smarter by default. Let us know. Is it because the lack of concessions to begin with? Or there's a lack of concessions as people bring sandwiches to the game. What kind of sandwiches did they all have? They all had the weird. There was uh, like ham salted, and other pork. Yeah, meats. yeah, exactly. Cured meats, and it wasn't like this in Italy. Like I said, I saw a match in Italy too, and people went to the concession stand. The concession stand was so this crappy. Is a Spanish thing, but this, this is a Spanish, Spanish thing. thing, and it might not be a Spanish thing. It might be an, an Atletico Madrid thing, for all I know. Like they're the, they're That's the sandwich true. team. I don't know, but the sandwich team. <laughs> They're the sandwich team. But they were good. I didn't have one, but they looked good. They had, like, pastrami-looking stuff and jamon. Wow. That can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Does Dixie speak Spanish? No. Well, she would tell you that. Huh? She was there for work. She was there for work. Okay. So you were, like... I was the freeloader, yes. Baggage. Yes. (laughs) You're being carried. I was a scheduling nightmare, is what I was. Ah, uh, yeah, I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. But we saw some cool artwork and did all kinds of cool. We saw some castles. It was cool, man. We had a did great you move time. In? 
Oh, what? good, 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 good. Well, while you were traipsing about, yes, España, there were competitive matches here. Yeah, I thought that we were still a ways away from you know the league starting, but well, I mean we are, we are. <laughs> but lest we forget, there are matches outside of that that are also very important. The Concacaf no, Champions no. League, no. The Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League, Jeff. Oh, how dare you? Listen, <laughs> Gingers. I've been trying to fight this for a while, and it's over. I've lost. I'm going to send over. you a Scotiabank t-shirt. I want to just call it the, the Champions League. They're like, no, it's the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League. Have you League. ever seen a Scotiabank? No, and I'll tell you why. They don't have them in this country. Now, before one of you clever people sends me an email, I'm aware that there is a version of the Scotiabank for businesses in the United States, but they don't have retail banking in the United States. There aren't branches here. There are in Canada, and this is the part I don't understand, because Scotiabank is the Bank of Nova Scotia, hence its name. It's a Canadian bank. Uh, it's the third largest bank in Canada. But they have a presence in Canada and a huge presence in Latin America in the Caribbean. So Scotiabank sponsors this because they're getting their name in front of that audience. They're not even really trying to get us. It's just like by default we're involved. <laughs> we're, we're anyway, the, we're collateral. Yes, we are collateral. The Scotiabank Concacaf Champions League yeah, has man. rejoined. I always like to pretend it started, but that's not the case. It's been rejoined. This competition has been going on for a little bit. Uh, we're in the quarterfinals now. We've got four MLS teams in here, four Mexican teams, and that's it. There were two matches on Monday. Uh, wait, is that right? No, two matches Tuesday and two matches Wednesday. We're As recording, we're recording this at a time. by the way. Yeah. We don't Before know. Those two Wednesday matches, so I can't talk about that. <laughs> I have no means of doing Gingers, that. Judges, we're sure they're great. We're sure they're great. Congratulations, we- LA Galaxy, on your 6-0 victory. <laughs> oh, no. How dare you? Oh, we're screwed now. <laughs> uh, and Seattle played and DC United played uh, on Tuesday. DC United looked like they were in preseason. This is me putting it politely. And they are in preseason form, frankly. They look like they were in preseason. But so were their opponents, a team whose name I cannot pronounce. Quetero? Quetero? Quetero. Quetero? See. I messed it up. Messed it up. They didn't look too good either, and they were playing at home. Uh, And I think that is very interesting, because I would have expected them to look pretty good they've had uh, seven or eight matches in liga mx already but they look pretty sloppy they were missing their passes too but for about 70 minutes dc united was still technically in this game it was nil nil they only had 40 percent of possession but that's a story for another time but it was nil nil and they seemed to be holding their own while ben olsen was wearing a full track suit while it was 80 degrees outside he was roasting. Understand. Yes. It, it bothered me a lot, Alex. He's wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> it's hot, Ben. It's hot. But, of course, this all fell apart. DC United loses 2-0. You know, I think if, you, if you're an MLS team, and, and I don't mean this as a slight to DC United, but you're not a top echelon MLS team. You're not an LA Galaxy, a Seattle Sounders. You know, you're not, you're not one of these teams that has all the star power 
mm-hmm. you go to Mexico looking for a draw. And oh, for 70 minutes, you, you did it. You were there. You were all over it. Um, you, you want to see maybe a little bit more attacking soccer out of D.C. after the, sort of the goals started going in. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's going to be tough now going back to RFK for D.C., um, is it impossible? Yeah. No, I don't think it's impossible. Um, I don't think anyone was super impressed with Carataro's form. Um, y- no. You're in a position now where a couple goals go in and you play for extra time, and that's that's amazing. That's what you want. That's that's like dream result for you, and that's possible. Y- you you outshot them, and you had more shots on goal than they did. So I mean, it's mm. it's certainly something that can happen. So we'll have to see. I mean, it's 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 certainly an uphill to you know battle for DC, but it's not an insurmountable one. I don't think they had eight shots on goal against Cordataro. So I mean, it's it's certainly doable. It, it it wasn't that they weren't playing at all. It's just when you you need to grab goals away, like at least one, because that in this tournament is going to mean a lot. And we're gonna talk about how this help i think anyway a different team uh in a moment but if you can grab anything away even in a losing affair that is hugely hugely valuable when it comes back to your home field where you should be doing well you should be doing well and i know a lot of people like talking about um liga mx teams versus mls teams in terms of uh, depth in terms of talent depth uh, on the team and I'm not trying to make excuses there, but I do think MLS is being hurt in the quarterfinal stage of this particular competition because of when it happens. It happens before MLS has even played a match. Yeah. These teams are just not ready to play. Now, I know this is not up to U.S. soccer. This is not up to MLS when this event happens. CONCACAF makes these decisions. But I would prefer, personally, this happens in like late March or early April. Yeah, and just combine it maybe with the semis in the final, and just do like a yeah, just kind of go two and a half through week it. type of a thing. Yeah, I agree. You go know, straight through it for like, like you said, for two and a half weeks. Yes, that would still put Mexico at an advantage. They would have played even more games, but at least the MLS teams would have gotten like five or six matches in, uh, and they could be ready. But before I go on to the the Seattle match, I, I just want to point out something that one of our followers on Twitter uh, mentioned to what was ostensibly me, even though at times I would pretend I was you uh, to, to deflect blame. But uh, they had pointed out that the Montreal Impact showed a model of how to prep yeah. for this. And last off season, they went internationally to get ready for these types of matches. They didn't do any of the MLS preseason tournaments. You know, they they played elsewhere. They trained elsewhere for a long time. Like, they had a really short offseason, and they did really well in the tournament. And none of the teams, none of the four MLS teams, did that this year. Mm-hmm. And his point, or her, I have no idea, this person's point was... Why not? Like, why did nobody do it? And I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know why no one looked at how Montreal handled training just one season ago for this tournament. 
and said, oh, maybe we should do what they did since, you know, that got them to the final. I think it's because, no no offense to anyone, but I, I don't know if they care as much as Montreal did. They probably don't. It was obvious that Montreal said to themselves before the season started, we can win this thing. You know, you, you still have the advantage that the Mexican teams assume that you're going to be playing like crap. Mm-hmm. And you might not get their first, their best showing, at least in the first leg. And they took advantage of that in a lot of ways. You know, it was until the second half of the last leg of, of the whole shebang before it all unraveled for them. You know, so it's it's, it's a, a matter of of they had the element of surprise, I think, for a lot of teams in Mexico. Oh yeah, they and had so the I element think, of surprise for all of us. I didn't think they were. I thought they were going to get just run right over. Yeah, and so I think I think it's 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 indicative of how important these teams find it, and and not to say they don't think they can win. I, I think I think there's some some teams that are playing right now as we speak. Um that think they can win. So it's not that. I, I think L.A. favors themselves over Santos Laguna. I really do. Um, so prob- okay, go ahead. we'll have to see how that plays out. But y- you wonder, you know, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. you know, versus the ML- MLS regular season, how important is this for these teams? If you're preparing in preseason, you're preparing for the league, right? I mean, that's just the way it works at this time of year. You have to play the league for 34 games. I get that, and that may indeed be the thought process. I just hope that somebody somewhere is thinking, hey, this is this is gettable. If we could make it to the quarterfinals, why can't you? get it done if we can get montreal who was not the best of teams uh if we can get montreal all the way to the finals like this isn't impossible uh it seems like it's for the taking we are doing better gingers than we have done in the past in the concacaf champions league i'm sorry the scotiabank concacaf champions league but i do get frustrated as a fan watching this seeing this year after year you go you hold on for a little bit and then you get blown out you know, one year after year after year, it gets a little old. Um, and, and it doesn't quite feel like, oh, they just know how to play better than we do. It feels a lot like we're not we're not ready to play this game. Yeah. I would also say it, it some in a lot of ways feels like this is not our best team. You know, I think what people are excited about with this particular, you know, scenario is that you still have the Seattles and the L.A. Galaxies of the world in this tournament. You know, it, you do. if if you do. any team is eventually going to win this thing, there. What? I, let me back up. If you are in a situation as an MLS owner and you want your league to go out and win this, the teams that you want out there right this second, February, mm-hmm. you know, twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen, you want LA and Seattle out there. And you you love the hell to have the Portland Timbers, but you you don't got them. But if you yeah. could have a number but you two, will soon. If but if you could have a number two and number three team in a chance to potentially play and win this title, you want L.A. and you want Seattle because you you feel that those are two of maybe the four or five best teams in terms of chances to win this thing. Mm-hmm. So we're in a good situation, you know. 
Montreal was so amazing because no one expected them to do well because they were the Montreal Impact. No offense, Montreal. But you you certainly didn't go into last season or the season before that or this season as the MLS Cup favorites. Far mm-hmm. from it. No offense. But that's just that's just the pedigree that you have built up with your results in the past and the team that you have. Um, you certainly can win a lot of games in the Eastern Conference. You can go to the playoffs and then anything can happen. But what I'm saying is, if you're an MLS owner and you want to put your best foot forward, you put two of these four teams forward. You put Seattle and you put LA Galaxy. So let's talk about that. There was the other game that same evening. It was Seattle Club America in Seattle. And before we get into the results, which you already know, Gingers, let's talk about a few fun facts here. One, we got 40,000-plus fans, about 45,000 fans. Seattle, you do it right. That is... An incredible turnout for what is ostensibly a preseason game. Those Seattle fans, I mean, you you, you can you can talk about how they may be annoying online. <laughs> Those Seattle <laughs> fans, they show up for their team. They're nuts, that, man. I love it. They're drawing forty thousand plus, or really more closer to forty-five. Uh, where we have teams that are struggling to get sixteen thousand. For a regular season game, Seattle can do this. For this isn't even a league game. No, this is. And I know what some people say, like Club America is a big club. It is, and there were a lot of Club America supporters there, but there were a ton of Sounders fans there mm-hmm. watching it on TV. This looked like this is a league match. Yeah. Uh, if you would have told me, even though I know who's playing, of course, but if you would have told me, like, oh yeah, this is a game against Vancouver, I'm like, oh. And if anything, maybe there should be 50,000. But like, it seemed that kind of energy was there. And this is the middle of the week. It's Tuesday. These people have jobs still showing up. Mm-hmm. Hat tip for them to that. And then you found this little tidbit uh, during the pre-show, which I had not heard. But that the ratings, the TV ratings for the Seattle Sounders versus Club America in the United States were higher than the ratings for the Arsenal Barcelona game. Jeff, we Alex, made can it. you just can you speak <laughs> on just that? Because I know you were in jet lag world at the time, but can you at least speak on that? That's something. Well, I would like to. I would like to to be super optimistic. But what I would really tell you is, Club America is a very popular team. They're a very popular team, and <laughs> very popular team. when you see that breakdown of you know three quarters of that being on a Spanish language network, I certainly it's a big deal, and it shows how important I think the fan base of Club America takes this game, which is very very important. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important that the the Hispanic soccer viewer in this country gets as much exposure to MLS as possible. I'm not trying to, to tell people not to root for their teams that they're, they've been fans of their whole lives, uh, you know, back in Mexico mm-hmm. or wherever. But I think, I think the more people see the quality product that we put on the field in MLS, who are from these traditional footballing nations like Mexico, the better. The, the, hopefully, yeah, you're a Club America fan. That's great. Um, Azteca is your home, but you know what? You can go to a, a Houston Dynamo match. You can go to a LA Galaxy match, and they can be as big a part of your life as Club America is if you live here now. You know, so I mean, it's Absolutely. it's that, that's what I love about that statistic is that it, it shows that people are getting exposure. These soccer loving people who love this game anyway are getting exposure to the teams that matter to me and you. 
They do, and I, w- I want to rope this back or, or wrap this back to something you were saying earlier. This, to me, is why I believe strongly MLS teams need to take this tournament seriously. Because once it gets to this stage, this is more valuable for these teams getting fans, getting people to show up, than even, like, say, the All-Star game is, or doing a friendly against Barcelona. More people are going to watch this game against Club America. I mean, the numbers are there. This isn't something that we just pulled out of a hat. Like, this game means more. People are going to show up for this. People are going to tune in for TV for this. If you have a good showing in this game, or a win, heaven forbid, a win... People will notice that. Does that mean they switch allegiances? Of course not. They were Club America fans to begin with. But you get some more respect for your league, and you may find yourself in a situation that I think a lot of people are, especially the gingers who listen to this show. It's like you're a fan of a team in one league, then you're a fan of a different team in a different league. You get someone who's a Club America fan, and they could also like the Seattle Sounders because most of the time those two teams don't compete with each other. In this game, I want to give the Seattle Sounders this credit. They looked very sharp. They did. For a preseason team, That's what they I'm looked saying, amazing. Yeah. For a preseason yeah. team, they looked very, very Deuce sharp. Deuce is in midseason four, man. Those two goals from Deuce, both oh, fantastic and classic. Yeah. Classic Deuce goals. That Do free kick. I don't, I don't necessarily know how this plays in, but like if we're talking about goal of the year in all competitions, there's already a bar, man. What yeah, a free kick. That free kick, that's a free kick that's a goal in the UEFA Champions League. That that's that's a world-class free kick by Clinton. It's beautiful. And against real competition. Yeah. This wasn't like oh, they America's were not a, a, a fill-in, you know, joke no. team. No. This isn't like you were playing the University of Washington. This mm-hmm. is uh, no disrespect to the Huskies, but this was Club America. This is a big club, arguably one of the biggest in the in the continent, uh, if not the biggest in the continent. I'd say it probably is the biggest in the continent with with the gradual decline of Chivas. But yes, yeah, this is a big club. You score a really real screamer of a goal. This is a highlight goal. You're going to see this replayed for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Until, of course, someone else does something, something else. But, but it's that, mental that errors. The, the, the real takeaway for this for me... Mental errors, especially is mental defense. errors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if you're Seattle, you're kicking yourself. You, you, you had these guys. You know, the, that, the, the one that really kills you is the goal right before the half. You just scored, say. and you let your foot off the gas... Nice mm-hmm. little over the top, you know. It's just it's it's it just guts you. It absolutely guts you. And good for them for fighting back, but you've got to you've got to make sure that it, you don't give a team with the quality of a Club America that kind of chance to get back into a game. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And and they they it was a mental error. Like why why were you not protecting the ball right at that point? Mm-hmm. And they were so close to going into the half one nil up. It would have been great. Instead of you go in one one time, come back. Clint Dempsey rescues you again. Mm-hmm. You're up two one. Not the best score line, but you could have managed that. It's tough going down to Mexico City to manage it, but you could have managed that going down to Mexico City. But a two two, that's rough. Making up two away goals at yeah. Estadio Azteca. I was say, and you have to go to Azteca to do it. I don't know if you're Siggy Schmidt. Do you even do you even bring your veterans for this? Do you throw in the towel already and say no. like, "Hey, we have to focus on 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 the season," or do you say, 
we're going to show the world and we're going to shock the world and we're going to make this thing happen. I say you bring your best team. I say, I say you bring your best team and you, you play attacking soccer and you say, you know what, if they beat us, they beat us, but we're going to go right at their defenses. I hope he does. Cause I also think that Siggy for, and, and he doesn't necessarily deserve this, but I bet he is close to the end of his time at Seattle mm-hmm. just because they've spent so much money there and they have so many fans and so many people are showing up. They've won the U S open cup. Like they've won other trophies, but they've never won the league. They've never won uh, the champions league. They're not, I don't think anyway, they're not going to tolerate any sort of, we're not going to try in any competition. Like they're, they're going to have to try in everything all the time. Um, and I would expect actually that they would bring Dempsey down there, assuming he's healthy at the time. Uh, bring Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris's pro debut, by the way, was this match. Mm-hmm. Um, had some highlights, had some lowlights, but that's to be expected, I think, anyway, from a first professional game. But started, and we got a sense of what that team's going to look like without Obafemi Martins. Uh, but it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. I wish I could tell you about how LA did and how Real Salt Lake did. Uh, but the reality of time travel, I, I can't. I can't, Alex. We're not there yet, Jeff. Yet. Not there yet. 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 I have ambitions. We all have ambitions. <laughs> but in other international-ish uh-huh. news, the Copa America draw Dude. happened. Yes. I'm really looking forward to the tournament. But can I just have a brief rant? Go for it. The Copa America draw was horrible television. <laughs> I was I blissfully was. in Spain and not paying attention to it whatsoever. But from uh, your reactions, it wasn't awesome. It was such bad TV to the point that I don't understand who decided, like, oh, this should be a show. <laughs> this is what we should do. It's set up as if you're, like, watching the Grammys or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they burn a half hour with like different musical guests, which I've never heard of any of them. Then they show videos of like, oh, the Copa America is coming. It's going to be in these places. Like I already know I'm watching this on Fox Sports 1. Like I have all the information. I I can't accidentally watch this. I had to try. So I already know something. They burned a half hour of my life on this before they actually get to the act of drawing the groups and then they're doing this thing it looks like a you know a, a local state lottery drawing where you take these balls out of little bowls and reading what's on them this this is all it's all so stupid to the point that i'm wondering why can't they just tell me what the groups are why do i have to even watch the draw why is this an event alex why does soccer do this because it's not only the copa america advertising Who's advertising for the Copa Scotia Bank? <laughs> what? <laughs> that big, that Canadian, that Nova Scotia uh, Bank. Scotia money. Bank. <laughs> I don't know if they have anything to do with the Copa America. Do Probably they? not. I have no idea. Now I'm gonna look. And there's a oh, lot to be God. said, though. I mean, your rants about the actual draw itself aside, it was so boring. There are a lot of points here when it comes to. The draw itself, the groups. Is this the worst draw we could have gotten? No. Is it a tough draw? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's tough. We're gonna have tough. a hard time. It's gonna you, be really tough. You know. That being said, we gotta have a group with Portugal, Germany, and Ghana. Is it is it is it as bad as that? Hell no. It's nowhere no. near as difficult as that of a group. Now, you're going to learn a lot about the tone of this tournament for the United States. On June the 3rd, my birthday, happy birthday to Alex, as the U.S. plays host to Columbia in Levi's Stadium out in California, sunny California. Um, certainly the marquee matchup of Group A. Uh, I... It's it, this is going to be. You talk about test. Yes, did we get results against Amsterdam and Germany in those countries? Yes, were those friendlies? Yes. You're playing against a team with one of the most exciting players in the world in Hamas Rodriguez, and they care about this match. That's fundamentally, I think, a different thing. They're going to give you your absolute best shot because they realize that if they lose to you, then all of a sudden getting out of the group is difficult. They realize that they need to give you 100% their best shot. And you're going to get one of the a best shot from one of the best clubs in South America on day one of this tournament. Day one. Here's the group, Gingers, if you missed it. We're up against Colombia. Costa Rica and Paraguay. I'm of the mind. I, oh, and also it's worth pointing out that two, the top two teams make it out of the group. It's not impossible. It's very, very difficult for us. And we need to get very strong. I'm writing off the Columbia game. I think that's a loss. <laughs> it's hard for me. I love the United States. But I, I, don't, I don't know how we beat a, this Columbia team. Unless we have a really good day. Technically, we're playing at home. But uh, this, this is going to be a rough one. We need to get results against Costa Rica on the 7th at Soldier Field. And we need to get results uh, against Paraguay in, in Philadelphia and Lincoln Financial Field on the 11th. We can do decent there. And I don't mean – I mean significant results. Like we can't just – walk out of there with like a one nil or a nil nil draw it's not that's not going to do it we have to win these matches by i think two goals um my thing is if you get six points if you get six points out of the group i I, i'm i'm not worried about getting out of the group if you get six points you know i i think i think your goal if you're jürgen klinsman should be five points no 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 i'm tired of that the goal is six in fact you know what? The goal's nine points. And let me tell you why. And I know that's ridiculous, even though I'm saying we can't beat Colombia. You need to be planning to beat Colombia. You know, you need to be doing everything you possibly can. I understand from a pragmatic standpoint, it's very unlikely. But you need to be doing everything you possibly can, whatever inch you can figure out, whatever tendency you can figure out whatever you can exploit we need to have some kind of game plan it's like we're actually here to win this game you're in the united states you can't you can't show up with the plan of let's keep let's do a respectable loss i understand the pragmatism behind that but no no the tournament's here so your plan needs to be if you're jürgen klinsman your plan needs to be to get nine points now realistically 
six is what it's going to take. Five, I don't know if you're going to get it done. But you can't. I, I, I just disagree with the idea that your plan should be let's get five points. Like five points isn't going to be enough. Costa Rica can grab six points out of this. I think I think five will be enough to finish second in this group. But that's that's not the point. I think I I, I agree with you in terms of where we need to be. I think one of the great storylines that I'm really looking forward to leading into this is mm-hmm. who. Who of this young breed and young batch of players from the last six months in the January camp do you see start to maybe work their way into starting lineups? That's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see of the Miazgas and the Nagbys and the Morrises of the world, are there starting minutes, are there meaningful minutes for players like this? There probably are. Klinsman seems to prefer younger players. Well, Klinsman plays the hot hand, and I, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I begrudge Jurgen Klinsman of a lot of things, but I agree with him on that. You play who's playing well. I don't care That's what true. your reputation is. You play who's playing well right now, right this second. If Darlington Nagby's better than Michael Bradley, Nagby's on the field. That's that's end of discussion. So, and I I I like that Jurgen's that way, and I think. I think you're certainly going to have mostly veterans there. But I also think that there's players like a Jermaine Jones who hasn't impressed in a few matches. Who's currently without a club as of right now. That is a problem. Him being without a club is a problem. But also Jurgen Klinsmann loves Jermaine Jones. He does. But here's the thing. If if he's not going to play as well as Darlington Nagby, Nagby's on the field. And that's what I like about Jurgen Klinsmann. I will say this, he'll play the hot hand as long as he has a strategy of we're trying to actually win. Yeah. But if it's we're just trying to have a respectable tournament and get our reps in to prep for uh, uh to prep for World Cup qualifying, then I don't know. Then I don't know. Who, Do you, who you think Jurgen thinks he can win this tournament? He has to. And I, I, I a tournament with lest we forget Brazil, Brazil Mexico <laughs> Argentina, Colombia, and Chile—all teams I believe ranked above the United States. I know, and many Uruguay people, is ranked above the United States, if I remember there's correctly. Plenty of teams in there that are ranked above the United States. Uh, I know it's not the popular stance, and I know I will get heavily criticized for it. But I want my coach of any team I'm supporting to be that delusional. To say we're here to win the whole thing. I, 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 listen, Gingers, you have an MLS team you follow, or you have a Premier League, or whatever, whatever it is you have that you follow. Do you truly want a manager who's thinking like, oh, well, you know, man, we're just here to kick the ball around? Like, no, no. I need the person to understand that, like, hey, it's going to be difficult. I'm fine with that. Like, they need to understand, like, hey, we don't have necessarily the talent level that that a, a top team does. You need to understand that we're AFC Bournemouth. You know, like, we're not, we're not. Uh, <laughs> I love how you say that, team. <laughs> oh, of course, I can't. I refuse to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're not we're not a top table team. You still need to come out here, like, we're we're going to win. Like our and we're planning to win, and we're instilling that in our players. The best thing that the united states has going for it is an underdog uh an underdog mindset but as long as you don't think you've already lost you need to have the underdog mindset of these people are underestimating us and they're going to try to embarrass us at home and we're not going to allow that you need these guys playing out of their damn minds you need to because if they don't we will lose 
like that's well that's because you could have consecutive happen. matches against Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, and you know it, all in a row. Oh, you, yeah. you have to understand that this is going to be a relentless pursuit of this tournament. If you're, it, it will be. If you if you think that oh we beat Colombia yay no no no, no. you no, get out of no. this group and all of a sudden you have the Brazils and Mexicos of the world and the Chiles of the world to contend with that that's that's your you have to understand you have to go into this with a dare I say it replacements with Keanu Reeves mentality <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna do a little better than that okay uh, i will say it's david versus goliath situation i was but i was in, more you, about the 90s keanu reeves movie with uh I also didn't that come out in the 2000s i'll look it up hang later. on i'm looking <laughs> up right now the, <laughs> the uh, but even in the david goliath situation david knew who goliath was like you need to know what you're up against and exploit their weaknesses i wish the united states was it in the 90s 2000 Oh, okay. We split the difference. Yeah. <laughs> it came out in 2000. August uh, of 2000. You, I, I wish we went into every tournament and every match against every opponent believing, yeah, we're going to win this. Yeah. And I know people criticize, like, oh, why are you a U.S. fan? Like, you're not going to win the, the World Cup. Like, I choose to believe that we will. As the, the, as the terrible chant goes, I believe that we will win. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what the numbers say. And I need our coach and I need our, pre- our preparation and I need our game planning to have the mindset of we're going to win this. It's just a matter of us figuring out the puzzle. It's like uh, it's it's like we're, we're, we're making a sculpture. We're just trying to release it from this stone. We're ignoring the fact that it's hard to do or it's almost impossible well, to so do. Well, so for me, do it anyway. I think it's even more simple than that. I, 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 don't, I don't think, you know, if, if I'm a motivator, if I'm a coach and my job is to motivate my team, I don't motivate them by saying we can win this thing because somewhere in the back of their mind, these players are like, bro, we're playing Columbia. Are you serious right now? What I'm going to try to motivate them with is we're going to go punch them in the mouth. Oh yeah, we're gonna I go. Want... We're gonna go out. We might oh, lose, we're going down swinging. but we're gonna punch you in the mouth, Colombia. We're, we're gonna come swinging. and punch you in the mouth. In Brazil next week, you know what? We're gonna come punch you in the mouth. That, that's that's the mentality that, as an American, when you're when you're a fan of a team, who, for lack of a better word, is under talented. You don't have you don't have the structure built in this country to prepare young men to play at a world class level. You don't. I'm sorry, you don't. You just don't. You the best players go abroad to get that education, both soccer and otherwise. Your goal is to go and hit people, to go and, and show people, whoa, wait a minute, what are these kids doing? And to be all over them and to foul the heck out of them. Absolutely. Get a couple yellow I, cards. Go go I and want, be a thorn in their damn side. If we're not going to win against another team, we're going to make that team regret that they came out here. Yeah. I, I, like, And I don't care. I understand that, that there are people who say, like, oh, that's not the way to play the game. I don't care. This these, this tournament's this game's happening in the United States. We're, we're fighting to the last man. I will play until everyone has a red card. <laughs> exactly. We're, if we're this game keep... finishes 11 on 6, I don't care. We'll take Hamas uh, Rodriguez down. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I do not care. This game might finish one on any... six, but he'll have a bloody nose, I guarantee it. Oh, 
this is why I love Clint Dempsey as an individual player because he plays his best when he's angry. Yeah. And he thinks like people are not counting on, you know, Michael Bradley's like that as well. And to some extent, uh, Jermaine Jones. And, and that to me is a very American style. I of love play. it. I love it. That you're just out here like, oh, these people think they're better than me. I'm going to break their ankles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> destroy these people uh and i want us to go to the copa america not be impressed of all the big names and just keep in mind that no matter what happens or who is literally in the stands these games are in the united states this is the biggest tournament we're gonna have until at some point we get a world cup but who knows if that'll ever happen this is huge this is the big time you do well here people notice you get a big contract you move on to something else you have to perform today and your attitude in this game isn't that winning is inevitable but winning is there for the taking because at the start of this game it's nil nil and there's no winner yet and we're gonna play until that says the united states won and if it doesn't we're killing everyone <laughs> that should be the plan mm-hmm. they should put me in charge i could get these guys fired up we should, I'd have no tactics, but I could get them fired we, up. We should be consultants for this team right now. Moving, I have these people running through walls. Anyway, go ahead. Moving to the ladies' game. Jeff. We're in the Olympics, Jeff! We're back, baby. We're back. Here we are. In case you haven't been paying attention, Gingers, with a resounding... <laughs> oh, my God. Well... You it know, was. It was resounding. Our last three games for the women's national team, the combined score was 17-0. Just wrap your minds around that. Sorry, Puerto Rico. That's mean. 10-0. That's just, that's just mean. Dunn had five goals. <laughs> yeah, one game. She that doubled happened. her goal total in one game. That happened. Um, but we are now qualify we we are the champions of which i didn't know that you could be a champion of an olympic qualifying tournament it's Concacaf, so weird you get like a medal for this yeah they gave you like a thing like you're like a champion now yeah i don't think it's it's real weird it's real weird weird, but we have we have a gold medal for being a champion of the 2016 Concacaf women's olympic qualifying championship i don't know we're in a strange place strange part of the world but we're, we're through now the reason ginger said you may have missed this is because you probably assumed we somehow automatically qualified i don't blame you you yeah you're you're not too far off in in you know sort of uh postulating that but goals from uh lindsey horan and t- the best smile in soccer tobin heath she has a great smile anyway smile. um means that we're we're there we're in the olympics we're in, and we should be. Uh, we're defending a gold medal here. Uh, well, we, let me say this. If you're an American women's national team fan, if you don't qualify, oh, is, you there, get fired. is there a more catastrophic failure? You, you clearly have the best individual talents no, you get fired. in the game, right? You have, you have to get rid of whoever is coaching that team. If, if the And it hasn't happened, but if the U.S. women's soccer team didn't qualify in CONCACAF, where there's really only one team that competes with us, which is Canada. If you can't qualify in that scenario, you're fired. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't think anybody would second guess that. It's like, what do you mean we're not going to the Olympics? 
that's ridiculous. Yeah. And for those genders who are not as quite as familiar with the um, the women's Olympic football tournament, uh, unlike the men's game, which is in under twenty three uh, tournament, the women's game is full senior. Yeah. This is the same teams that go to the Women's World Cup. So that's why in the women's game, the Olympic gold medalist and the World Cup uh, winner are often considered on the same level. Now, we have the Olympic gold medal from uh, 2012. And, of course, we have the World Cup, which yeah, I'm very do. happy about. We have the World Cup as well. Uh, so we're, we're coming in, but we also come in with a, with a target on our back. But let, let me just throw you one stat that you'll love. Goals for the United States in this particular tournament, 23. <laughs> Goals against zero. Alex, should there even be a tournament? Yes. And the reason I sure? say that is because okay. there's been a few times that the Brazils and the France of the world have taken us down to the damn wire. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. The Olympic tournament, Yes. Yes, because that is true. But I'm talking about this CONCACAF qualifying. Oh, are you saying, does the U.S. really need to qualify out of CONCACAF? (sighs) They do, but not really. I mean, sadly, if if the CONCACAF nations took women's football with the same seriousness and fervor that they embraced the men's game, we could be far and away the best women's region in the world game um i if i could only imagine a world where the ticos and mexico Mm -hmm. fielded women's teams and, and they built the infrastructure where those women players could go and succeed and be prosperous we could dominate anybody um you know, you just hope that that happens eventually. Right now, is it just the U.S.? Yeah, twenty-three nil, I guess. Like that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but I. It's ridiculous. I don't blame us for scoring those goals. It's a tournament. Like I don't care. I'm not into the mercy rule. Like this, this is how it's set up. But if you're dominating like that. Or should it just be between us and Canada? Like, I feel like at some level they should be getting sorted out. Also, rant time. Why does Puerto Rico have national teams? Puerto Rico's part of the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that works. Like, like how Wales either. has a national team, but they're in the United Kingdom. Why isn't it just the UK? And that, by the way, is some very controversial thing in the UK. So maybe we don't want to. Dive my fault. Into my that. fault. I did not mean it's it's some kind of situation there. But why why is like the Puerto Rico isn't a country? It's a territory. Yeah, that'd be like they the state even, of Ohio have, has you, a team. You don't even go here. I don't get it. Sorry. And if you're like cap tied to Puerto Rico, you can't play for the United States. Which is weird because we own them. Oh no! We're gonna get all kinds of letters. No, I don't mean that in like a, a derogatory you, mean. But like, it's not a derogatory. Quite but literally, I, I, we I own them. What you're getting at is part of the country. Those people are Americans. Why if can't Josh Rican, Saunders play for the U.S. Men's National Team? It's so weird. Like, how how are you capped? Well, I he's know he's capped tied to Puerto Rico. But like, why is that? It's stupid. If you if you play for Catalonia, you can still play for Spain. Exactly. But you play for Puerto Rico, you you can't play for it. It's so weird to me. 
it's so so weird and we annihilated puerto rico of course it was like 10 nil something ridiculous uh some highlights though from this uh mallory Pugh, whose last name sounds like the sound of laser makes 17 <laughs> years old qualified the olympics how exciting must that be can for you this imagine being 17 man i can imagine being 17 and and then being at almost the pinnacle of your professional career <laughs> Like, like that, that is... think about that. L- leave soccer aside, but like you've chosen soccer ostensibly as a job. Uh, and also to point out uh, how young 17 is, I believe 1998, the year when she was born, was the same year that the movie Armageddon came out. What was the song for, by Aerosmith for that movie? Oh, uh, I got it. I'm not going to sing. I was going to sing. Oh, I wanted it no. to happen. <laughs> I wanted it to happen. A little bit more box wine, maybe, but no, we're good. Oh, my goodness. So congratulations to the U.S. women's national team. You know, I was having a thought the other day. All the other nations have, like, really good nicknames for their teams, like the Indomitable Lions. We We don't have a good nickname for either of our teams. No, I mean, they call them the Yanks, but that's terrible. I don't like it. So I'm throwing one out there, Gingers. You ready? Yeah. The Indivisible Republic. It really rolls off your tongue, Jeff. Hey, it's like the Indomitable Lions. Yeah, that's also stupid in English. No one says that's that. That's great in English, and I say it all the time because it's amazing. The <laughs> Indivisible Republic. Just think about it. That's for both teams. What if you We're just call them gen- the Indivisible? I'm fine with that, but I like the Indivisible Republic. You know what? We'll put both up there. You, you let know, me know, the English first. media during the 2014 World Cup tried to nickname us the Terriers. Did you know that? I don't approve of that. I kind of like it. You like the Terriers? That's Boston University's well, mascot. What I like about it is that we're nagging. Like, we're always nipping at your heels and being assholes. <laughs> I, don't li- I don't like that. Okay, uh, that's what, fair. What, 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 about, what about the colonists? I don't mind the colonists, especially because it reminds Britain that they're terrible. Or the colonies? No, maybe? no, colonists. 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 <laughs> you see that? Colonists. 100% colonists. And then we can all have. Like- we should have a sign. We should have a jerk. No, screw a sign. We need to have jerseys that just say Cornwallis was a p- on the back. <laughs> That's a lot of words for a jersey. <laughs> I'm about to bleep like have this podcast. And it's all you, by the way. Uh, it's all you. According to Wikipedia, our nicknames are Team USA, Weak, <laughs> Weak. The Stars and Stripes, uh, that's all right. The Yanks, never liked it because I think of the Yankees who play baseball. I don't like Terriers, though. That's bad. No. The Indivisible Republic. <laughs> just, just sit on it. Just sit on it and think about it. Okay. I'll, I'll let it marinate for a little while. We got a few uh, other little things to, to mention for you before we leave you this, this week, uh, Gingers. Uh, here we go. Minnesota released a few new stadium renderings for their proposed St. Paul Stadium. Beautiful, Jeff. I know you're a uh, Minnesota United or nay United. That's a whole other topic that we might get into next week. Yeah, maybe some other time. We uh, need more information about that, but there's a lot of smoke there. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke there. Um, beautiful building being designed for that oh, team. Oh, yeah. Juniors, if you haven't seen it, you know, go on to their website, go on to their Twitter page, whatever. Uh, you need to look at these renderings. It looks really, really nice now. As you all know, 
the, there's often a big difference between the renderings and the final product. But this is a good look for this stadium if they can get this thing pulled off in St. Paul. Uh, love the roof. Love love that it still gets a lot of natural light in there. They still manage that. Um, I do have concerns, as everyone does. The MLS season starts in March. It is going to be not too warm. <laughs> you know, first yeah. in March. That's going to be rough. Um, that being said, Minnesota fans are crazy. They will absolutely show up outside on like March 6th. They do not care. They will be there. Uh, I'm just thinking it's going to be a miserable experience. What I like I about going this. going to a, a New York City match last year in, in like mid-March and it snowed. Yeah, but yeah the, fir- the second match was worse. It the, snowed. Yeah. It Second was terrible. Match was snowed. Awful experience. I had fun. Anyway, it go ahead. It was a great time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I really like about this is that it shows that... It shows that we are in a position now as fans of this American League that we can expect world-class facilities from anybody who enters the league. You know, you have this. You have... There's a lot of smoke right now that New York City FC is imminently about to announce a stadium... Um, I don't know Boy, if you, the bar's real high. The bar's real high right now, and, and I think I think that's a good thing. What I mean to say is, you if you're the ownership of this league or you're a fan of this league, what you want is ownership groups who come in to say we got to spend a crap load of money, we we got to give world class facilities to these teams, so that when these fans go to games, they have a great time. And I think we're at a position right now that we can we've come to expect that. And I think that that's, we have. that's that's a positive for our league. I was randomly reading an old article about MLS expansion. And by old, I mean it was 2004. So this is a 12-year-old article. And I was talking about Chivas USA coming into the league, yeah. a team that has now since folded and vanished. And another team, which I don't even remember this, Cleveland mm-hmm. was, a, was coming into the league. Uh, the person who was putting this together uh, unfortunately passed away shortly thereafter, which may be why this never came together. But Cleveland was going to come in around the same time as uh, as Chivas USA. And in the article, it was mentioning how the expansion fee – hold on to your hats, everybody – was $10 million. $10 million whole dollars? And how, like, oh, it's going to be difficult to get you know the right group of people together to That's do $10 million. ridiculous. The expansion fee is a hundred million dollars right now, and, and and they were talking about like oh you know maybe they could uh, share a stadium and like play you know elsewhere for a little bit and then maybe put a, a small stadium together because at the time when this article was written uh, there was only what is now Mafre Stadium where where the Columbus Crew play and what is now known as StubHub Center had just been built. And those things were cheap, <laughs> really, really cheap stadiums. Um, so this idea, it wasn't even being discussed like you needed these world-class facilities and stuff like this. Now you're looking at Minnesota United has this stadium that's going to cost hundreds, plural, of millions of dollars. And if there's an NYCFC stadium, Alex, how could that possibly oh, cost it, less than $250 million? It's going to be immaculate whenever they get that thing built. Like build, building Red Bull Arena, a stadium I really like. It's in yeah, a, I love it. Bad location, but the stadium's really nice. 
uh, that was two hundred or two hundred fifty million dollars, something like that. I think it was right at two hundred. Right at two hundred. There you I go. I think I think City Football Group won't get out of this ha- for no, no. Yeah, I mean like three fifty maybe if you're lucky. Yeah. Because here's the thing: they're going to do it you big, to, and you have to do it in New York. It, Ginger's just really quickly, if you've been paying attention, there's a lot of smoke now that the populist group, having just opened in New York City office will be very rapidly designing and helping construct a New York City FC stadium. There's a few ideas, including Long Island City in Queens, which is just outside of Manhattan. Oh, wow, um, really? Yeah, the, I the latest latest rumor is that there's it's actually just past a train yard. It's, it's literally in the most southwestern tip of the borough of Queens that you can go. It's right near the little inlet where you cross over the bridge into Brooklyn. Wait, wait, wait. So is it on... Uh, it's on the East River. Is, is it on the East... Wow. Yeah. Um, that's that's the newest stadium rumor site. Um, so there's, there's a lot of smoke going... If you pay enough attention to it, there's a lot of smoke going around right now that that there might be a stadium in the works um, as we speak. The great thing about a location like that is that there's not, frankly, residents to worry about in terms of, like, offending. Yeah, there's people who live in Long Island City, Queens, but not immediately next to the stadium. Um, so, I mean, it's those of us in the in the circle are sort of optimistic. So, we'll have to see how that plays out. And just to wrap that together, Populous is the same architectural firm that is doing this Minnesota stadium, mm-hmm. and they're doing Orlando City Stadium, which is under construction right now. They did BBVA Compass. They they've done this stuff. They did Kansas City Stadium. They've done MLS stadiums, and they've also done much bigger ones. Uh, they're doing the new stadium for Queens Park Rangers in the UK. Coming up. Anyway, that's just an aside. Alex, deep breath. All right, prepare yourself. Two things. I got one that's good and one that's bad. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I guess so. There was a leak of the new oh, God. U.S. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> The new U.S. badge. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty sharp. Yeah, if I like it's it. Accurate. I like it. It reminded me a lot of the Centennial badge, which I loved and looks I thought nice. we should have kept. Yeah. Why don't we just keep that one? That's my that's my question. I, that's that's still my question. I, I still think that's a superior badge. But the, this one, if that's the way it goes, yeah, it's real I'm nice. happy. It's, it's classic looking, but has like a sort of a modern twist to it. A little feel. All right, here we go. <laughs> the second leak, yeah, is of what is allegedly, and I say this because I'm hoping that it's wrong. <laughs> it's, that's where I'm coming from. Allegedly, the new U.S. secondary jersey. Gingers, normally at this time, I would say like, oh, you know, go Google this or whatever. But I just. I'm so protective of you and your life. I just I don't want you to experience bad things. That's that's but kind. Alex, you're a kind-hearted soul. Just deep down, I have some kindness. Alex, what in God's name is this atrocity? What is this? It's horrific is what it is. It looks like a training top. You said that in the in the pre-show. It looks like a training top. Uh I want to go ahead and say uh, really funny from Twitter, excuse me, from Twitter, uh from Reddit 
user Brad Crabe says, Jesus Christ, it looks like a fake national team jersey from a PS1 game. And I could not agree more. It seriously looks like a game that doesn't have any licenses decided to make a, like a fake like a fake national team jersey. That's what mm-hmm. it looks like. It's awful. It is awful. And it so I'm awful. hoping that it is a training top. Because if it's a training top, I don't have a problem. No, no problem at all. That's great. I like it. Because they wear it for, what, 20 minutes? Like, like, I don't have a problem with that. And here's, here's, here's a, a bigger important thing. I'm a crazy person. I, uh, I, oh, oh, it just got admitted. Everyone I write buy, that down. I buy soccer jerseys like they're going out of style. I'm not buying that. My wallet is closed to that design. And I think a lot of people would agree with me. There's a lot of jerseys that came out in MLS right now, you know, like that got some pretty bad rap. Um, you know, all of a sudden NYCFCs looks pretty good compared to like Columbus's. No offense, Columbus, but 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 now my my Facebook feed right now is littered with people who have just received their new NYCFC away jerseys. They're buying I'm them. Sure this is bad enough. I'm not going to buy one. Okay, I'm I'm going to describe how it looks. Uh, Gingers, uh, cover your ears if you don't want to be exposed <laughs> to this. All right. Imagine like a, a, a sort of beer league softball team. All right. So you, you know how it has those like weird sleeves? Like it's not where a t-shirt would, would cut, like it cuts in a little bit as if you have like a tank top in the middle, but it's all one shirt. So it's black in the middle which is not a color on any flag that the United States has. <laughs> so most of the shirt's black. And the left arm is blue. The right arm is red. And it looks horrible. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. I can do better than this, and I have no graphical skill. And the other thing, on the note of like no one's going to buy this, Nike's going to charge you like 110 bucks for this thing. Oh, easy. My hope, since it's a new badge, there must also be a new home kit. So even if this ends up being one of the shirts, and oh, God, I hope it's not. There's at least some hope. There's another shirt that may be better. I will say this, though. That Columbus Crew shirt is still the worst thing I've ever seen. I've come around to your argument. It's the worst ever. It's real bad. It's real, it's real, real bad. Real bad. couple of other little tidbits for you this evening, Gingers. Orlando City have announced a big name signing. Jeff. Yes. Paired alongside... Everyone's favorite Brazilian guy who calls random Arsenal players in some promotional MLS video. <laughs> Kaka. You will see former uh, an Italian national team uh, midfielder Antonio Nocerino. Nocerino. Most recently from uh, AC Milan. Um, will be joining Kaka in that midfield. This is a big name. Now, is is this as big of a signing potentially as like a Javinko? Probably not. Nocerino is uh, is thirty. Uh, he, he's certainly on the older side of things. Yeah, he's on the wrong side. But of he it. just came from Milan. 
he was on loan to Parma for some period last. Well, that, that you know what? That's neither here nor there. Uh, he's played for real teams. He's played for the Italian national team. The man can play the sport. That, yeah. that that's not in question here. And being thirty, it's like yes, you're start. You're you're on the the downhill. Sorry to both you and me who are thirty plus, but you're on the downhill as far as athletic ability is concerned. Uh, but with his experience playing on so many Italian teams and one English team. Uh, I have a feeling he knows how to football a little bit. He probably knows. He's, he's probably heard of got a couple tricks. Uh, just one aside, I know it's not on our list, but uh, there's a rumor right now that Antonio Conte, the Italian national team coach, may become Chelsea's new coach and MLS favorite and Toronto FC favorite, Javinko. It's allegedly on his list of potential acquisitions. We can talk about it at a later time if there becomes more meat there. But just putting that on the radar, Javinko. Something to look out I, for, certainly. He has the talent, but He's I don't know if you, you're going to see the field at all. Uh, also, Robbie Rogers, proud papa, new baby boy. It's so cute. Cute little kid. Whenever you see these parents and they post these things, like someone that you know, it's always like the most adorable thing. There's been a lot of infants in my family in the last couple of years and it's adorable and this is cute because robbie rogers himself is cute like he's already <laughs> like he's already kind of like man. he's an adorable man right and so he's it's an, an adorable man. man with an adorable baby and it's like too much you, you can't even handle it can't even handle it congratulations, congratulations robbie we wish you guys all the best do you remember, and this takes it back, this is 2013, yeah. when he actually was retired at age 25? How I mean, it the, seems ridiculous now. It does. How the, the times have changed. They really have. He comes back through a lot of complicated uh, trades, comes back to L.A. this time around. Gets back into the national team question. Uh, you know, things have been good. He hasn't seen any minutes, but like he's back in that conversation. Good for him. Congratulations to him. Things seem to have uh, turned around. Jeff. Yes? We should adopt a kid. Ways that you can get in touch <laughs> with us, Gingers. Oh, my Straight God. Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. Straight Red Pod on Twitter. At Jeff is famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. Jeff, say a little something. Make a little noise like you normally do. At, at Jeff is famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. Uh, <laughs> this Alex, is making noise. I made a noise. Alex says Kibler on Twitter. Do I that's make me. A noise? You sometimes do. And straight red um. on Facebook. It's now time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Favorite part of the show. Quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you got for the lonely gingers out there tonight? Good evening, lonely gingers, or good morning, depending on when you happen to listen to this particular podcast. Tramp 100K, hashtag Tramp 100K, (laughs) is evergreen. We are fighting for this till the bitter end. You have to understand, this is the most important thing you'll ever do. You need to tell every single person you know. Not only to like, oh, maybe check it out. No, no, no. They need to go onto iTunes and they need to subscribe. (laughs) So that crap automatically downloads into their phone. We need these numbers up because we need that tattoo happening. If if this happens, Alex, peak 
happiness for yours truly. <laughs> You'll never be happier in your entire life. Go forth and soccer, gingers! Gingers!